Church, how are you feeling? All right. Well, I tell you, uh, I, can, I can tell some of us are got plenty of sleep and others not so much. But either way, we're glad you're here. And uh, I want to make special emphasis over, over two things. First of all, Christmas Eve service was absolutely amazing. Um, I know... I know um, there's still many people traveling. Some are out sick, and then others uh, had a little bit too much last night in terms of staying up late. And so, uh, so our our numbers are a little light. But Christmas Christmas Eve was amazing, and I just want to thank you for inviting your friends and your family because when we invite our friends and family to a service like that, they get an opportunity to hear the gospel. And ultimately, that's, that's my heart, and that's the heartbeat of this church, to share the gospel with those that need, need to hear the good news message of Jesus Christ. So thank you for being there. Also, um, I want to I invite you to give to our Grateful Heart offering um, that's, that we're collecting this year for our 3D ministry. Just to give you an idea, we want to... We wanna, Basically, redo the playscape. Something like this is what we're shooting for. We also want to redo maybe some of the hallways, make it a fun and exciting place for our children to come. How many of you know the first priority is to present God's word? First priority. But we also know that unless it's fun and exciting, it doesn't matter if you're presenting God's word if they're not wanting to hear it. And so we need it to be inviting, exciting, a place where they desire to come, bring their family, bring their friends, and then they get, they get the full message of the gospel and, and his word. So um, the, you might ask, Pastor, do we not have any extra funds to do this? We actually do, but we have, we have our emergency funds that our church sets aside. We also have the funds that we are setting aside for, the, for future building. We're already looking forward to the next building right over here according to our master plan. Now, we could put this on the agenda and save for it over the next three to four years. Or our Grateful Heart offering is designed to say, Lord, you've been good above and beyond. And we want to give above and beyond so that we can advance, advance the vision and get to it quicker. Get to it quicker. So what you can do is help us get to this quicker than four years. We can do it within the next year if we all get, get together and give. You might say, Pastor, what, how much do you want us to give? I want you to give according to what the Holy Spirit puts in your heart. That means I believe that if you and your family get together and pray and say, Lord, what can we give? He'll impress upon your heart what that number should be, and then uh, we'll receive it in, in joy, and we'll get to the work. Amen? Are you excited about that? All right. Well, let's get into God's Word. Are you ready for God's Word? Amen. Thank you. Thank you for um, excitement and passion, because that is so, so, so important to be excited, to lean forward, especially as you're heading into a new year. Come on, how many of us know that how you start the game really does matter? If you start on your heels, you're liable to start from a deficit. 
You can always see when there's a, there's a football game or a basketball game or some kind of athletic competition, which team comes out ready and which team has to play catch up. Which team do you want to be this year? Do you want to come out ready or do you want to play catch up? I would ask you to come out ready. That means lean forward. Say, Lord, I'm ready to hear what you have to say. I'm ready to receive it. I'm believing for it. And I want you to know something. You say, Pastor, life's not a competition. No, it's much more serious. Much more serious than a competition. In fact, the Apostle Paul called it a war. You're in a struggle. Because the moment you step forward, the enemy notices and says, I want to see if I can do something about it. You show up on his radar. And so you might be thinking here right now, you might be saying, well, Pastor, if I don't step forward, he will leave me alone. Well, I don't know if he'll leave you alone. I'm not going to pretend to know what the enemy's thinking or what he'll do, but I will know this. I do know this. You'll miss the very reason you were put on this earth, and that's to bring God glory. So I want to ask you, how many of us are believing for greater, for improvement, for something exquisite and remarkable in the coming year? How many of us want to go faster, stronger, longer, want to say, Lord, I I desire more in 23? I want to see your hand of blessing in my life in 23. If you're that person, you've come to the right place, but I also want to remind you that you're going to have to struggle to get it because it won't just happen. We really do face opposition. But not only that, I think you'll you'll agree with me in this, in that And that every time I want to improve and go stronger, faster, longer, improve, have all of these things that we just talked about, I have to to stop, look in the mirror, and deal with the man in the mirror. Isn't that true? Now I can put it on my wife, I can put it on my children, I can put it on you, church. I can even put it on God. But at the end of the day, the Lord says, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Are you going to have the faith to believe me for more? Will you have the dedication, discipline, determination, the direction to be faithful in walking it out? And so the other day I got to visit my beautiful mama who is, uh, she's been sick and I'd ask you to pray for her. She's, she's, uh, She's struggling with Parkinson's and so she's lost a lot of weight. She was at 93 pounds. She's, she was really excited because she increased to 97 pounds. And that's super, super important because she fractured her hip area in seven places. Some are hairline fractures, but others are. And I don't say that to to make you feel sorry, but to give you a context of where she's at and, and how I would appreciate your prayers for her. And so she's healing nicely. They decided not to do surgery. I've been visiting her um, about every three weeks. I'm gonna, and, and I've... I've disciplined myself to call her every Thursday. And so I told her, I said, mama, before I have a date night with my beautiful wife, I want to date with you. And so every Thursday I'll call her and we talk and, and I get to get to hear what she's saying. But, but this Thursday I got to travel up there to see her and I got to go with my son, honey. And in the car ride to Rockwall is about four hours. So we get a chance to talk and we got a chance to listen to different motivational topics and, and messages about success. And regardless of what it is, when it, when it deals with success, all the advice is fairly basic. That's what I started realizing. 
And maybe after, after 50, you start to see things and your knowledge and wisdom starts to crystallize in a way that it didn't when you were 20, 23. And, I, and in listening to some of these, these individuals, you know, I'm reminded of two particular guys that I like listening to in the business world because they have a tremendous, vast amount of experience. And I won't tell you their names, but if I, but if I describe something about them, you'll know who I'm talking about. They're two business partners. They're lifelong friends. They're, one of them's in his 90s. The other the other's almost 100. I think he might be 99. And they're billionaires. And uh, they always come out and they give such basic advice that some people want it harder and they don't realize the beauty of the simplicity of the advice. Meaning if you save more than you spend, if you buy low and sell high, if you just ride the waves of the market and learn how to understand basic human psychology, you'll do well. And so they're giving this advice and I started thinking, if it's so basic and easy, then why can't everyone do it? I'm like, oh my goodness. And I, and I love one particular quote, and I'm not quoting him directly, but um, he said this. He said, over the years I've learned that I've gotten dumber, but I've also gotten wiser. And I thought, oh, that's beautiful. How is that beautiful? Because when you get to be about 50 and beyond, um, you start realizing that you're not as quick as you once were when you were 23. Oh man, when you're 20, I mean, you could rattle stuff off. You could do all kinds of stuff. You could stay up late. You could do and, and still be sharp as a tack, right? Quick as a whip. So you've gotten dumber in one respect, but you've gotten wiser in another respect. What does that mean? It means that now with the knowledge I do have, with the things I've learned along the way, I'm way better at putting it together so that it can become a practice, knowing what to do with what I know. And so as I'm listening to this, I asked my son, I said, I've learned something, whether it's sports, finance, spiritual, what, regardless of what it is, if you wanna be successful, you just have to do the right things and the right things are not that hard. It's not rocket science, like get up early, keep your word, right? Pay your bills, honor God, develop a quiet time. Read your Bible. Those aren't tough things to do, right? No one's out there going, man, this is so difficult. I never understood high-level calculus. No, no, no. It's simple. Then why is it so difficult? Anyone? Thank you. Because of those D words, determination, discipline, dedication, direction, just, just, Staying on course. And I've learned something that, that life is not just one dimensional, it's three dimensional. So as we go into this three dimensional uh, study on how to be a better you, I want you to know that today marks the first day of a new you. And God really does like new things. You say, well, he likes the past. Yes, but he also says, sing a new song to me. He says, you are a new creation. Behold, I do a new thing in the earth, right? He wants to do new things, and he wants you to be new for his glory, amen? And so I titled this message, New You. But not just part of you, all of you. 
Because if you want to get your life going in the right direction in 2023, you need to understand that you are spirit, mind, and body. What does that mean? It means that if you only work on the body and you neglect your emotional and your soul state, that you're going to be at a disadvantage. But more than that, I've used the pyramid because the pyramid shows which one is the higher order. Which one's the higher order? The spirit. Is it possible to work on the foundation, meaning to work on your body and your mind? That's everything that relates to this earth and this world and your physical stature and your emotional place and be strong in those respects and yet not win at life because you miss the most important thing? Like, is it possible to have everything go your way in life, but yet miss the very reason you were put on this earth? Here, let me, let me put it the way Jesus put it. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and yet loses his soul? So the spirit is the most important thing. The Bible also says there is a way that seems right to man. Meaning you'll get down the road and you'll be thinking everything's going perfect, but in the end it leads to destruction. So we have to understand that the spirit is the most important thing you can focus on this next coming year if you want to have a successful year. How so? Because it will help and order the other two. When you get your spirit going in the right direction, your mind will follow. What do I mean by that? I mean that if you're praying and develop a quiet time and you develop bringing your prayer, your, your supplications that's a big word, a supplication. That's your worry, your stress, your concerns. You bring it to the Lord and you do it according to what he has said and you stand by his word. How do you know his word? Well, every day you begin to study his word and you come across a verse in the book of Romans, chapter eight, verse 28, that says what? He works all things. And so when you find yourself in a tough circumstance, you realize, I'm getting stressed. I'm getting emotional wrought up. I'm getting, I'm getting pressed to the point of burnout or I'm about to give up because this weight is so heavy on me. You start to realize that the Bible has made you some promises that he works all things out for the good of those who what? Love him and are called according to his purpose. And you say, Lord, I have been called according to your purpose and I declare my love for you, Lord, then it is done. It is done in the name of Jesus. I give you this circumstance. I give you this situation. I give you this hardship. I know that you will bring me through because your word also tells me that if you are for me, who can be against me? Your word tells me that you will never leave me or forsake me, so I know that you are for me. Your word also tells me that I am a son of the most high God. And the Bible shows that this world will see a lot of things, but the one thing it will never see is the good father forsaking his children. You won't forsake me, Lord. You, you see what I'm saying? Oh, I don't understand what you're saying. I'm saying when you focus on the spiritual and you get God's word in you, then God's word comes out of you at the right time. God's word will begin to come out at the right time and direct your path. It will strengthen you in that emotional place. Do you realize more people are not succeeding in life because the number one thing Americans deal with, even though we're so affluent, is stress, anxiety, and depression. And so I just want to encourage you today. 
you're going to have an amazing year, but don't forget the spiritual. Because the enemy would love to have you malnourished in the spiritual and to put all your emphasis down here because he knows that all day long he can steal from you. He can steal your dreams from you. So build yourself up in the spiritual, but also remember that the body's important, the mind's important. We'll cover that as we go along. This is just an introduction. You might leave today and say, man, I feel like pastor hyped me up, then I did the right thing. I did the right thing because I want you to come in here with a fresh sense of excitement for this coming year. I want you to know that God has something amazing for you. And I want you to know that you can't ignore the fool you, the whole you. I've been ignoring the body. In the last three years, I've gone from 189. I used to walk around at 189. I could walk into any place and knew my size like that. 32, 32. Medium shirt. 11 and a half shoes, in case you're wondering. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I have enough shoes, believe me. Um, but but I, I, now I'm walking around at 220. Man, you put on some muscle. No, I wish. <laughs> I wish I put on some muscle. And what I'm noticing is this. If I ignore the body, it affects the other parts of my life. Because when your knees start screaming at you, and when your back starts screaming at you, and when things start to break down and your body's saying, I don't like what you're doing, then it makes it harder to pray, especially since I'm used to praying on my knees right here. Now all of a sudden I've got to change my position and be back there praying, sitting down, which is fine. Someday I'm going to have to do it. But what if it's because of something I've brought on by ignoring one of these? And so what I'm going to ask you to do is to is to determine to be dedicated. Dedication is the first word I want to highlight. Now watch what, the, what, I've, what I've grabbed from different places to define, or basically that define the word. It's devoted to a task or a purpose. So I want you to be devoted to having the best year of your life in 23. What does it mean to be devoted? It means you don't take no for an answer, you're committed. It's done. Burn the ships. Don't back up. You say, but what, Pastor, what happens if bad things start to unfold? When bad things start to unfold, you double down and say it's going to be better yet. Amen. Having a single-minded loyalty or integrity. Meaning, this is it. I won't change my mind. I won't double talk. That's what integrity means. It means I've decided this is who I'm going to be. I'm going to be the best version of me to date. And I won't double talk it. Keep going with me. Committed, devoted, staunch, stalwart, firm, steadfast, resolute, exclusively allocated to or intended for a particular service or purpose. That means you are not just dedicating, but you have been dedicated. How? Because Jesus Christ bought you at a price and he has put you on the right side of things. And if he is for you, then who can be against you? Come on, I want you to start feeling this. Most of the time, we don't live up to who we are because we don't know who we are. So you need to know 
that you have been purchased at a high price. You're expensive and that God loves you. And if God loves you, then he has his face towards you. Don't let anything tell you otherwise. And so you want to face in dedication your goals. Now watch this. The Apostle Paul puts it this way. Not that I've already attained all of this. What does he mean by that? Come on, someone engage me. What does he mean? Not that I've already attained all of this. That means I'm not there yet. That's what it means to be on the path, right? But notice what he's saying. I'm on the path. I'm not there yet, but I know it's almost done. Why is it done? It's like he's saying two different things. You know why he's saying two different things? Because he's speaking from his perspective and from the eternal perspective. Stay with me on this. Watch this. Not that I've already attained all this or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. This is what he's saying. He said, I'm on the path. It's not done, but it's done. Why? Because I've laid, I'm trying to grab hold of what has been grabbed hold of me. I'm trying to grab hold of Christ like he has already grabbed hold of me. What does that mean? It means in Christ's perspective, it's done. In my perspective, I got to walk this out in faith. Because faith is the great privilege this side of heaven. In heaven, you won't be operating in faith. Faith is for this side of heaven. And so Christ lives on the other side of heaven. It's already done. It's already done. But I still got to walk it out. Now watch this. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. Here he keeps going to that same subject. But one thing I do, I forget those things which are behind. And I'm reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Come on, some of us need to forget the past, starting today. If you want to be a new you, you've got to let go of your failures. You've got to let go of the enemy telling you you're never going to make it. Oh, you done messed it up. You're at this age and you've, you've, you've completely wrecked it. Can I tell you, God can restore what the enemy has stolen, but you've got to get on the path and you've got to say to yourself once and for all, from this forward, from this day forward, I honor you, Lord. I do things in a way where I don't consider the past and let it drag me down. Instead, I'm focusing laser-like on you and your calling for my life. Because those little things that lead to success will beget, will give birth to more little things and greater things, and they begin to compound. See, what most people don't understand is that the hole they find themselves in, let's say they're over here and they find themselves in a deep hole of debt. That deep hole of debt happened not just all at once, but over a course of time with this decision leading to this decision, leading to this decision, leading to a breakup, leading to a a failure of a business, leading to this or that. How do you get out of that hole? For your benefit, God will not teleport you out. God will have you walk it out in faith, one step at a time, so that you can learn the principles. And once you learn the principles, then you have the confidence in continuing to move forward. That's how God works. 
Watch what he says. He says, I let go, I press forward, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. He's saying, man, I go for it with all my heart. So today I want you to be dedicated, dedicated to go for it with all your heart. Here, let me share another verse with you. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs? Here Paul is saying, you're not only in a, in a war, you're in a race. Whether you like it or not, you're in a race. Come on. How many of you know that if you're not moving forward, you're going? Isn't that the way it feels? Because, because everyone is moving forward. And this world just keeps going, keeps going. You go, Pastor, well then how do I get ahead? You do things the way God has called you to do them. You do things the way God has called you to do them. Watch what Paul says. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one gets the prize. So run to win. That means run with all your heart. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize. A prize that fades away. But we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I'm not just wasting my time, just pretending, going through the motions. I'm actually being dedicated in my training so that every day, come on, I know right here, right now, I'm not getting very specific today, but right here, right now, the Holy Spirit is dropping specific things into your heart, saying, hey, there's some things you should do differently. There's some things that will help you get ahead if only you get dedicated and stop shadow boxing and start really going for it. Amen? Am I the only one? Oh, no, 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 no. Here we go. I discipline my body as an athlete, training it to do what it should do. What he's talking about is discipline. So first thing, I want you to dedicate yourself. Saying this year, I'm drawing a line, I'm stepping across the line, and I'm going to really go for it. And I'm going to do it with discipline. Discipline is important, is it not? Listen to what the definition of discipline is. The controlled behavior resulting from discipline. Okay. Then it says, activity or experience that provides mental or physical training. A system of rules of conduct. If you want to be good at anything, you have to discipline yourself. That's what Honey and I were talking about as we were driving through and we we're saying, why is it that it's so hard for people to do the simple things that Mr. Buffett is talking about? Now, I just, I just revealed I was talking about Warren Buffett. Or Charlie Munger, his, his lifelong friend and, and, and partner. Why is it so hard? It seems simple. Save. Save vigorously, especially when you're young so that you have something to invest. If you have nothing to invest, you have nothing to gain you return. Simple rule, isn't it? Why is that so hard? Because the enemy wants to, you to spend all you have. And so there's a psychology to it. And I was trying to teach my son, there's a psychology to winning. And the psychology is you determine in your mind to be disciplined no matter what anybody else says or anything, anything that's happening around you, you're going to do what's right. Watch. This is the way it works in finance. It says, buy low, even if there's blood in the streets, and even if it's your own. What does that mean? 
It means when everything has crashed and you're thinking, oh my goodness, I lost so much in my 401k. That's when you should buy. But most people want to buy up here because it feels good to buy up here. You say, but what does this have to do with living my best life in a God-centered way? Maybe you don't want to invest. But what I'm telling you is there's simple little rules that even in God's word, there's simple rules. Like, like this. The borrower is slave to the lender. So don't borrow. But yet we want to have it today. So we say, I'll borrow so that I can have it today and pay for it later. Do you see how that simple little rule is easy, but the psychology gets you? You say, but how do I affect the psychology? How can I get to the psychology? Well, listen, the Bible says to renew your mind with this word. And when you renew your mind with this word, some of you are saying, Pastor, Pastor, um, why is this important? It's important because at least to me, listen to me very closely. Do I have a little bit of time with you? I've decided that God is my provider. And if God is my provider, I know he'll never leave me destitute. And if he'll never leave me destitute, I don't have to worry and fret so much about what this world is worrying and fretting about. And so when everybody's freaking out going, oh my goodness, the market, the market, the market, I've learned to say, oh, good time to buy. Why? Because God's strength has has worked it out in me where I don't get as freaked out as everybody else gets freaked out. And I've learned I'm just going to establish a good principle. You say, Pastor, you're giving me such a practical way. The reason I'm giving you such a practical way, can you hear me on this? Is because most of the time when I preach a message like this, they say, you preached it from a pastor's point of view, but I'm not a pastor. Well, guess what? Every one of you is an investor. So there you go. There you go. From your point of view. Learning to be disciplined. Here we go. The Bible says, do not love sleep or you will grow poor. Stay awake and you will have food to spare. See, another simple little rule. Get up early. Don't sleep too long. Sleep just enough to get and work hard. Simple little rule. But then why doesn't it happen? doesn't happen because of the psychology and we need to be renewed in our minds. It doesn't happen because there's a world working against us headed by an enemy that would love for you to sleep your life away and your potential away and not bring God glory. It doesn't happen because God doesn't want you to be the man of your household that brings a blessing over your family. It doesn't happen because the, 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 the enemy doesn't want you to be the mother of your children that will teach them God's word and to get up early and to look after them and to prepare them to win in life, not just once in a while, but every day, being consistent, dedicated, and disciplined to making sure your household, oh, come on now, your household has what it needs to succeed. You say, pastor, I'm ready, I'm ready. Then 
That's what we're talking about here today. Make a dedicated, disciplined determination. Number three, determination. The act of deciding definitely and firmly fixed intention to achieve a desired goal. That means I'm done. I'm going for it with all my heart. Just like the Apostle Paul said to the Colossian church, he says, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him, through him. I'm determined, I'm determined I'm gonna do whatever it takes to trust in the Lord from the bottom of my heart. Not trying to figure out everything on my own, but instead to listen to God's voice in everything that I do, everywhere I go. He's the one who will keep me on track. You see that? I'm not gonna assume that I know it all, I'm going to run to God. I'm going to run from evil. I'm going to allow him to inspire me to take care of my body so that it glows with health. Do you, do you hear what I'm saying? I'm reading this word like a promise to me. I want you to read God's word like a promise to you. Because after all, that's what it is. It's a love letter to you. And it's a way of leading your goals. See, determination means you make the right choices. Over these next few weeks, I'm going to ask you to look real hard at the things we ought not to be doing as well as the things we ought to be doing. Because the truth is God has given us a very precious thing. It's called life. Life. And we each get 24 hours in a day. And how we direct those 24 hours really, really matters. Really, really matters. So determination, determining, making the right determinations is the how, when, what with wisdom and knowledge. Wisdom and knowledge. Because ultimately, what I want to do, and I'd love for you to go on this trip with me, what I want to do is allow this year to paint a picture of my person and my practices that others will admire. Because ultimately, I want to bring God glory. And for people to look at my life and say, there's something different about you. Come on, men. Come on, men. There's something different about you. Your integrity, your discipline, your determination, your dedication. What's the secret? It's Jesus Christ. But where we end is directing our goals. So I want you to start asking yourself, what do I want? This is where we end. What do I really want? What do I really want? I pray that it's to impact the kingdom. You might say, but pastor, I'm not a, I'm not a pastor. I'm not in ministry. Then what is God giving you? Has he given you a family? then be the best man of God for those children so that those children grow up and bless the Lord. And bless the Lord. Are you a woman? Then if you're a woman, then what has God given you 
Who has he given you influence over? Where has he uniquely positioned you? And don't buy into the women's liberation movement that says you have to compete with men. You are uniquely special to men. You're different. We don't compete, we complete each other. I cannot do what Melissa has been uniquely gifted to do as a woman, but she can't do what I've been uniquely gifted to do as a man. There's some things we can do, but there's some things that I'm just different at. Some might say better, and there's some things that she's infinitely better at. And do you realize that since the 60s, since we started buying into this, every survey indicates that women are less fulfilled today than they were when they were not duped by this silly nonsense and, and demonic philosophy. It is. And so I want you to gird yourself up and know that God has made you special and uniquely positioned you to, to, to live out something remarkable for his glory. But you've got to ask, what is my goal, Lord? Where should I be headed? Where are you pointing me? What are you having me fire towards? Because the truth is, without a goal, you're lost. If you don't know what you're aiming at, you're bound to hit it every time. If you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. Well, pastor, then that means you're just wandering. Exactly. Exactly. So you have to have a goal. Reminds me of these, these uh, men that were trying to escape from prison. And it was in New Mexico in 1975, and they decided, we're just going to start digging. And by golly, they got about 100 and some men to join in in this digging of the tunnel. Where the guards were, I don't know. But they were digging this tunnel, and they dug, and they dug, and they dug. You know where? They, had, they didn't even plan it. They just dug. You know where they ended up? In the middle of the courtroom where they all were sentenced to prison. They ended up there, and the judge goes, I'll be darned. I know every one of y'all. <laughs> Here's another 10 years added on to that. <laughs> because if you just take off. No, you need to know. Do you realize that goals, having a well-thought-out goal, we'll talk about that more, but right now it's just meant to inspire you to say what? I'm going to what? Get dedicated. I'm going to get disciplined. I'm ready to have my best year. I'm going to be determined to have my best year, meaning I'm girding myself up with some faith. And I'm going to start directing my life, directing every aspect of my life according to his word and according to his good pleasure. I'm tired of just floating through life year after year after year. Instead, I'm going to take it and live it to the best because it's worth it. Amen? It's worth it. So I want you to have a goal. It's what makes football fun. A goal is what makes basketball fun. Any basketball players, I mean, uh, fans in the room, raise your hand if you like basketball. How about football? Okay, watch this. If there was no goal and the guys just got out there on a wooden floor and just kind of been like. <laughs> How many of you would watch that? You go, you get, you get there after they charge you 200 bucks for a ticket and you go, okay, what are we doing here? Oh, we just came out, look at my short shorts, look at the long shorts, because it depends what era you're in. If you're in the 70s, or the, you know, you've got the short shorts of, of Julius Irving, right? And then you got the long shorts of Michael Jordan. Uh, actually, Michael went through both 
phases, didn't he? He had the short ones early and then he had the long ones late. And, and so it's like about the uniforms, it's about the Nikes, but, but what's the goal? What's the purpose? What are we doing here? How about if football, they just got out there and started smacking each other, just smacking each other. What's the point? Where are we going with this? Come on, how many of you watched the games this past week? Some of you who are Big 12 fans, ooh, you're hurting. I'll pray for you. Um, I'm hurting. How about, how about yesterday, though, TCU? Sorry, Arthur. I'm going to make my point. I'm going to make my point. That goal is so important. They put sophisticated instruments to measure if it really crossed the goal line. Because once you cross the goal line, it's worth six points. And there was a play yesterday where Michigan's receiver caught the ball and it seemed like he fell into the end zone. And they called it a touchdown. Would have changed the course of the game. But instead, they had to look at it through review and they have a camera that points right down that goal line to see if, in fact, the ball crossed. They determined that it did not cross. They took the points off the goal, off the scoreboard, and they put the ball on the one or half yard line. That means Michigan had to run another play to get in. When they ran that play, they fumbled the ball. TCU recovers, changes the game. Arthur, don't cry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. There are some Michigan fans in first service, too. You could hear the wailing still. It's too soon. But it makes a perfect point that that goal is important. I want you this year to think hard about what your goal should be. I'm going to talk about it next week, how to be specific, measurable, have it be attainable, you know, all of those things. So there's another game that involves a goal. And I've never been a fan, but this past year they had a little thing. It's just a little event called the World Cup. And it just drew me in. And I am now proud to say a soccer fan. No, 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 no. Let me take that back. I'm not a soccer fan. I'm a football fan, like a real football fan. And there's just something, something contagious about, about people focused on a goal and so focused that when they achieve it, it brings up passion. I mean, real passion. I mean, I wish I could explain it to you. It's like they get that one goal. There might be just one in the whole match. And then you run around going, go! I mean, it's hard to capture. Let me just show you.
excited when you get a goal like that. Some of you go, I just don't get it. Listen, if you can't get fired up with that, that means your wood is wet. No, no, I'm talking about, this is awesome. You go, why Messi? Because he's my favorite player now. You go, you're such a bandwagon fan. Who cares? I'm loving it. I'm loving it. My nephews are this, they've been playing since they were this big. They're all teenagers now. And they said, Theo, Chris, when I went to visit my mom, they go, they go, I hear you like soccer. And I go, go, Messi. Messi. Yovi, who got a Messi? Yovi, who got a Messi? Yovi. He goes, oh, Theo, <laughs> you're such a bandwagon fan. And I said, y'all, all I hear about is we want soccer to grow in America. And when the new fan comes aboard, you call him names. You call him names. No. I love that part. He says, yo vi jugar a Messi. You know what that means? I saw the great Messi play live. I witnessed it with my own eyes. You go, that's soccer. What if you lived your life that way? I want every year to be a goal. My goal is to live it better than the year before, to bring God more glory. To bring God more glory. You're a businessman, how do I do that? Be the best businessman you can be. Be a man of integrity. Be a woman of integrity. Fulfill your promises. Share with those who are in need. Give like your life depended on it. Be caring and considerate and bring your king of glory, glory, amen? You say, how do I do that? Then you pray for your business that it would grow and that you would be able to what? Provide for your family, provide for your friends, for your loved ones, for your extended family. And then when you have that settled, then give to the kingdom. Give like you've never given before. Use your last best years of earning, not to retire, but to grow the kingdom of God. To give the churches would be planted. To give that the missionaries would have ample Finances to do what they're doing overseas. That you might understand that the, that the angels in heaven are yelling, Go! 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 That they may say, Your V who got a Terry, your V who got a Terry. I saw Terry play this life game and he brought the king glory. I saw Alan do it. I, come on, I saw Robert do it. Can you imagine? The Bible says that when one sinner repents, the angels in heaven begin to celebrate. Can you imagine as you help this church? Bring sinners to salvation in whatever capacity, shaking hands up front, loving a baby in the back, in whatever capacity, the angels in heaven are yelling, go. I saw it. I saw it happen. Oh, come on, church. Come on. You might say, all right, pastor. I'm ready, man. I'm ready to run through a brick wall. Hold on. This week, spend some time with your Savior King. Spend some time with the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, if people can get this passionate about a game, and life is no game, 
I want to score goals for you. That means the goals that I, I focus on this year. I want you to direct them. That was the last D, direction. I want you to give me clear direction. And it might take a little time for him to unfold that for you. Don't get discouraged. He will do it. Amen? He will do it. But I'm also going to let you know that while you're determining your kick, your, your, your goal, there's going to be an opponent come running at you. Just relax. Keep praying. Ask the Lord to give you clear insight and clear vision. He will. I love you, church. I love you. This will be your best year yet. As we prepare for communion, in this minute or so that we have as you opened your communion cup, I want to let you know what I just heard. I felt like the Holy Spirit said, this message was for a few. It's for everybody, but specifically a few. And you know who you are. You know who you are. So as you go throughout this week, hold on to the fact that God spoke to you and he's stirring up within your heart faith. Faith. He'll reveal the next. He'll reveal the next, but hold on to that faith. Father, thank you for your son. Thank you. In Jesus' name, we partake, declaring that it was your body who was broken and your blood that was shed that purchased us and gives us life eternal. Thank you, in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, I love you.